Mind Over Matters is intended for small business owners who are open to new ideas for improving their businesses. The mind or mindset is usually the single biggest factor that determines the success or otherwise of a business. It is the first thing to work on. Next comes the matters of the business. Strategy, accountability, implementation and getting a full order book. Plus all things small business besides. If you learn just one new thing that gives you pause, then I have achieved my objective. Hey everyone, it's Peter Crew Brown here. Welcome to another episode of the Mind Over Matters podcast by Pair Planning. The topic for today is overcoming imposter syndrome with Doreen Ritchie, who is a life and executive coach. A bit more about Doreen. Doreen has a master's in organization and management. She has had a long career in business and finance that has always involved dealing with people and developing developing them to their full potential. In 2018, she left, sorry, she put her vast experience of people and problem solving to good use to qualify as an accredited life and executive coach. Doreen lives in Belfast in Northern Ireland. So about today's podcast, Doreen loves helping people move forward and achieve their goals. She teaches a different way of thinking, which completely changes the attitude to problems, giving clients clarity and reducing stress in their lives. Her clients come from different backgrounds and many employment situations, but they all gain clarity through calmness, um, thought and control and go on to transform their lives. Much of Doreen's work is in the area of imposter syndrome, something that gets frequent mention into business circles nowadays. This will be the focus of our podcast discussion today. So Doreen, please share with the audience what makes you tick and who in the community you serve. Good morning, Peter. Sorry, it's morning here. Well, yes, we nine hours of time. It's great <laughs> to have you on at this early hour. Thank you so much. And what makes me tick? Well, um, as you just said there, thank you very much for that. Um, I had a long career in business and finance, and then I decided to walk away from corporate uh, life and lots of other things. I totally changed my life, went on a self-development um, journey. And then finally, after a year or two, decided that I wanted to be a coach and sort of give back what I already knew, if you know what I mean, from my experience, sure. yeah. but, um, but help people with their lives. Um, and so I went away and trained for a year, um, I think it's about nine months, and then I had to do lots of hours, you know, um, in actual practice. And then I became, a, you know, set up my practice and became a coach. So who I deal with is sort of anyone, mostly professional people, entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, um, small business owners, who are at maybe a crossroads in their lives. Yeah. They're suffering from overwhelm, lots of stress, overwork. Uh, sometimes they're just stuck where they are. They really don't know how to move forward um, and they don't really know what they want out of life. And they sort of got to that position, you know, and they really don't know how to move out of it. And maybe they've just got divorced or whatever. You know, there's been a big life change and that, sure. or they want to make a big life change. So what I do is I help them change their lives, basically. Excellent. I give them the tools and the skills to be able to do that. 
Fantastic. And that whole imposter syndrome is such a big deal. And I guess helping people understand that, you know, they're good enough. I think that's something from uh, Brené Brown. You know, you are good enough. Well, yeah, everybody, yeah, everybody sort of talks about that. Yeah, well, exactly, because what I teach is the inside out view of, of reality of the world, whereby, you know, life doesn't happen to us, it happens within us. Yes. So we are we are always at every moment creating our own um, reality, our own lived experience in the moment. Yes. Um, and of course, that takes on board stuff that you're bringing forward from when you were young, limiting beliefs, all sorts of things. Yeah. And that all affects uh, imposter syndrome. Great. Well, I'm really excited to get into the um, the, um, the crux of the, the discussion. So moving into some questions that you and I spoke about in advance. Yeah. Um, I guess the first question I, I had for you is, I know that there are many approaches to the subject of imposter syndrome. Uh, what's your specific approach? Well, to me, the subject of imposter syndrome is, it's quite complicated, but imposter syndrome is like an, an overall name for various sets of symptoms. Yeah. Right. So there's not just one set of symptoms that people present with. Yeah. And my approach to that is the same approach that I would take to any of those symptoms. Okay. Yeah. So if you know what I mean. So I'm not just going, oh, here you are here, this is imposter syndrome, so therefore we're gonna talk about this. It's what do you feel then whenever, whenever you say you've got imposter syndrome, what is it you feel? Self-doubt, yeah. yes. You know, um, a lot of stress, feeling yeah. like a phony, yeah. um, feeling like you don't belong there or you didn't get there by your own merits, you know, all yeah. sorts of things. And lots of those things um, impinge on other um, aspects of your life as well. So sure. I would deal with it in the same way. I approach it in the same way by dealing with the underlying cause okay. of well, all of these symptoms. Yeah. So the same as anybody coming with a problem, we look for the underlying cause and I teach a different way of thinking about things so that whenever somebody has a challenge or a, or a problem, they learn to think about it in a different way that is better for them. And what's specific about your approach uh, when you say it's different? Well, I don't suppose, well, I suppose a lot of people have heard maybe of the inside out view of the world. I don't know if you mentioned that before. Yes, I've yeah. heard of it, but I don't, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah. So what it, what it is, I'll just sort of very briefly. Um, we were brought up with the misunderstanding that everything out there, circumstances, situations and people affect how we feel. Yeah. But that is not the case at all. The only thing that affects how you feel are your thoughts and your perceptions of what's going on around you at that moment in time. 100% of the feelings that you have are caused by the narrative in your head about what's happening. Yeah. Okay. So basically, if you can change the narrative about what's happening, you actually change your lived experience of what's happening. Yeah. If I could give you an example, just say somebody at work is shouting at you, you know, they're very, you know, argumentative and so on. Sure. I mean, most people, their first reaction is, this is terrible. Why is this person picking on me? I'm so embarrassed and I'm very upset. And they go home and cry if you're a woman, whatever. Okay, that's your first reaction. You know, you feel terrible. You've yeah. taken this on board, et cetera, et cetera. Now, if you were to think about it in a different way and you were to say to yourself, okay, I'm going to take a breath. First of all, you need to take the breath. Yeah. And then you change your response. So your response instead might be, oh my goodness, poor Joe, he's had a terrible day today or he wouldn't be shouting at me like that. Yeah. Now, that's not, you're not internalizing anything there, right? Yeah. Or you could say, oh my goodness, poor Joe, 
Um, he's not very skilled in communication and he always shouts at people, but you know, it, it doesn't really mean anything. It's not me, it's him. There's yeah, something so you're not taking on board his, his exactly. uh, situation. Yeah. Yeah. Or you could be totally compassionate and say he's had a terrible life. He has a terrible home life. Yeah. You know, who am I to say he shouldn't shout at people? Yeah. Right. So at each of those other responses, they're not reactions. You have to think about it. Those yeah. responses make you feel better. Yes. Your lived experience of that experience is better. So therefore, yeah. think about it like that. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. yeah. And I guess if we yeah. can embrace that concept in our day-to-day -day interactions. Well, absolutely. Kind of, and this is, yeah. this is where coaching comes in because it's all very oh. well me telling somebody this, but of course oh. they're not going to do it. You have to, you have to coax them along and they have to meet different experiences where they can practice yeah. how, to, how to do this. Okay? Yeah. But it all comes down to the fact that you live in the moment. You know, you only yeah. live now. Sure. Everything else is just thought, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Very good. No, I certainly get that. And um, yeah, I guess to change our behaviours, it's like habits. You need to practice the different behaviours to... Uh, be well, 95, by the time we're 21, 95% of what we do is habitual, believe it or yeah. not. It's all, it's I haven't had that before. It's pretty scary, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is very scary. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, whenever you start to think about it, you, you actually, you know, you start to think of examples, you know. Yeah. yeah. So we go and do all that as well. We would go and do all that. Sure. Yeah. Excellent. Um, just moving on to the second question. Many people think they are in control of their minds. How do you approach this delicate subject when you know it needs discussion? Well, that's where, you know, the whole inside out thing comes from. I mean, when people say they're in control of their minds, um, I don't really know, well, I don't know many people that have come to me and said, yeah, they're in control. They might, they might say they're in control of their thoughts. Yeah, maybe that's more, more, yeah, like, yeah. more accurate, correct. Yeah, but so I would normally just start off by explaining how the mind works and that it's really there for our, um, to keep us safe, really. That's how it evolved. Yeah. And whenever we were young, from the age of naught to seven, we are totally programmed. We totally absorb everything we're told in our family, in our culture, uh, with siblings, with teachers, whatever. So by the age of seven, we are to completely programmed into how the world works and how what everything means. Yes. And we take that with us. It's only amended slightly throughout the years and it's amended by trauma or uh, you know intensive experience or whatever. But by the time you're 21, basically your mind has, it thinks, every meaning for every single possible thing you could ever meet or see. Yes. Right. Yeah. So when you meet something new or someone new or a new experience, a new um, situation, your mind immediately goes back and looks up, really refers to where you've seen it before or yeah. something like it. And then it says, ah, you saw this before when you were 10 and this is how you react. Yeah. And you react like that. It's completely subconscious and it's just your subconscious trying to save your conscious mind time so that your conscious mind can deal with other things. Yeah. So that's why we are habitual performers. Everything, well, 90% of what we do is habitual because that's what the mind, and then again, the mind will then store that bit up so that when the next time you meet something like that, the next time somebody shouts at you at work, you again react with, oh, you know, somebody shouting at you, you have to get upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, sure. For example, I'll give you an example. If you go down, if you're driving down a, a road, on the way to work that you do every day and it's a very familiar road and you do it all the time i guarantee you i'm sure you've had the experience where you're five miles down the road and you suddenly thought oh how did i get here yeah, i wasn't exactly. driving yeah yeah you weren't driving because the the, the the process of driving is now embodied 
in you. You yeah. learned it. You did it for so many times. It's now embodied. You don't have to think about it. Yeah. But your subconscious brain thinks about it. It's driving the car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, this yeah. thing, this happens all the time. If you think all the situations you have in work, how many times, you know, and you get up at the same time and you have the same coffee, you drive, walk down the same road and you do, and it's just going by like this and you're not actually experiencing it. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. what automa- that's what we do 90% yeah. of the time. Excellent. Well, that's very yeah. well um, articulated. Um, the third question, what are the most common effects of imposter syndrome that your clients present with? I suppose the first one would be self-doubt or lack of self-confidence. Yeah. So they're second-guessing everything they, they think or everything they're going to do or every decision they take or whatever. Yeah. Then they just feel basically like they're a phony. Like yeah, they're yeah, yeah. Like, you know, they shouldn't be where they are. They're yeah. waiting for the tap on the shoulder from the boss to say, oh, sorry, we made a mistake. You shouldn't have got this job. It's for somebody else. Yeah. This is constant. They completely try and overachieve because they think they're no good so they have to work extra hard to prove to themselves now they're not trying to prove to anybody else you know because obviously the evidence is they've got the job they're doing the work and they are good enough but to themselves they can't they can't deal with that because their limiting belief there is i am not good enough and imposter syndrome by its definition is an internal thing isn't it yes yes absolutely yeah absolutely yeah yeah so so the thing is that they they don't they self-sabotage as well so even if they are being successful then they will self-sabotage to make sure they're not successful yeah so it's all they come from different you know all, all different things in there um but basically it boils down to i am not worthy or i am not good enough yeah or um this isn't the right place for me i don't really belong here and things like that so these are the really core values these are the really core things they believe yes and that's what i have to address okay so so whenever we go through the coaching that addresses all of that which improves the self-confidence reduces the stress and allows them to take the evidence in front of their eyes yes and uh, you know be able to congratulate themselves being doing a job well excellent which doesn't happen normally yeah yeah again great um great examples um, the fourth question is, what benefits have you seen for clients that you have coached around the subject of imposter syndrome? Well, exactly what I was sort of saying there, sure. you know, they become more self-confident. Um, they're able to look at the evidence around them. For example, when somebody really believes they're not good enough at doing something or they can't do something, the brain doesn't only think, oh, you can't do it. It actually ignores actively ignores any evidence to the contrary so you sort of dealt with a double whammy so you know you you could be you know you could be the best executive ever but you don't believe it so therefore you don't see it so people could hand you reams of paper saying look at your results and this and look at your results and that and you dismiss them it's like yeah right so for example say you're at work and uh, your boss comes out once or twice a week and shouts at you or whatever. And, he, and you immediately say, he doesn't like me. My boss hates me. Okay. Now you're completely ignoring the 98 times out of 100 that he's very nice to you. Yeah. Or the time that he's written you up as best employee of the month or yeah. whatever. Because that does not come into your worldview of I am not good enough. Yeah. You understand? So, so those it's ne- like. Those negative uh, interactions have a. Um, a disproportionately large impact yes you... if you if, if you feel that you're not good enough now if you're a yeah. normal person and you don't feel that you just yeah. think oh he's having a bad day 
sure. you know. <clears throat> but 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 people, and especially women, I'm afraid, who take criticism very badly anyway. Yeah. But people with imposter syndrome, criticism is <clears throat> dreadful for them because again, it reinforces their belief that they shouldn't be there. And so any really, anybody in you know in authority over them criticizing them in any way is extremely stressful for them. Yeah. And I guess that's where coaching comes in. You need someone yeah. to help you shift the way you think. Yes, because uh, you know, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Yeah. You know, basically. I like that. So so you've got to actually change how you look at things completely. Sure. You've got to understand it comes from you. Yeah. Yeah, and you that's know, a lot of what you do with your with your clients. That's yeah, that's absolutely. And then we go back and and we try and um, shift the limiting belief to something a little milder. Yes. You know, you're never going to get rid of it completely, but we can ameliorate it. You know, so um, just out of curiosity, how long do you typically work with a client? That's you know, um, a, it's, yeah, typically three to four months. But okay. um, I have a couple of people coming to me now for a year and a half. But I mean, they were like, they're I'm mentoring them really not you sure. know. Um, but yes, typically three to four months. It's normally six to eight sessions. Okay, so that's um, and and you'll get a really good difference. You know, uh, definitely a really good difference in six sessions. Yeah. And you give them processes and um, things to do whenever they're in this sort of state of mind. Yeah. Well, whenever they come to me, we go through things that they have experienced, and then we would look at it a different way. And Every now and again, then someone will have a complete insight or a realization as to yeah. how this is actually true. Yeah. And once they have that, they can't go back. You can't yeah. unrealize something. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. You can't have a non-insight. So yeah. once you have the insight that this is this is the same as your truth yes. and you understand it, then even if you can't apply it 100% of the time at first, you'll never think the, the old way again. Okay, so you pretty much rewiring the way you think yes about. you're rewiring yeah. the brain yes okay. yes well, and so i know that even when they finish with me they go on to make more and more transformations in their lives yeah. it affects your whole life it's not just the thing you came with yeah and that's it's not just the imposter syndrome at work you know yeah it's that's... your relationships and your you know everything yeah yeah that's very compelling for a client if you know they yeah. can be convinced coming into working with you that they're going to get an outcome and that they will absolutely be to... and i have a hundred percent um success rate in that in that respect well, you know people change their lives either slightly or totally enormously it's completely up to them and it all but every single their, person that depends on their level of commitment to the work they do with you that's right it depends yeah. on their level of commitment and also you know some people it maybe change the way they feel about relationships and they may well realize that they should leave their partner but they don't yeah. want to do that you know because of yeah. kids or something sure. so so they don't they don't go that far you know, yeah. but maybe they will in a couple of years. Yeah. But at least they at least they're aware of what they're putting up with, or they're aware that maybe they should be doing something else. It's yeah. all to do with being aware of how you think and how you control what you do and you control your lived experience. Very good. Well, um, Doreen, that brings us to the fifth of the questions for today. Um, so mm. this is all around. Do you have any tips um, you could recommend for the audience uh, to think about that might help them overcome imposter syndrome? Just, I guess, some high level things they might be able to ponder. Um, well, yes, absolutely. The first one I would say to them would be, well, first of all, comfort coaching, of course. But the first one would be absolutely realize that you only live in this moment in time. Yeah. So when I say that, I mean, this is where you're actually having your life experience. 
Everything else is just thought. So the memories that you have are just thoughts, right? Yeah, yeah. The things that you're thinking about in the future are just imagination. Yeah. But this moment is where you have power to decide in each moment how you're going to respond to a situation, okay? Yeah. So like I said to you about the guy shouting at you, whatever. But this is where you have the power to do that. You take a deep breath and you change your response. You change the story you're telling yourself about whatever's happening. Yeah. And so just reinforcing that fact, and uh, anyone can do it just from listening to this, that remember that you're living in the moment. Yeah. And the second thing I would be is find out how your mind works. You know, I've just told you a bit about it. Sure. And and, and realize where your feelings are coming from. They're coming from you. And there's information in the feeling. It's telling you that you're thinking about something in the wrong way. So you need to question those, those thoughts. And you don't have to pay attention to thoughts you don't want to pay attention to. Yeah. You're going to get 60,000 thoughts sent to you a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, some are going to be negative, some are going to be positive, whatever. Don't spend time focusing on the ones that make you feel bad. Yeah, great. Well, look, thanks for that uh, freebie. Yeah. I'm sure everyone who's listening on will um, have something great to, um, to reflect on. Um, so I, I guess, um, Doreen, with a bit of luck, there'll be some people in in the audience today who'd be interested in, in finding out more. Um, what's the best way for, for anyone to, to contact you? Is it through an email or do you want to share the details? Sure. Well, if you go onto my website, there's a button that you press, you know, the yeah. little chat bot, and then you put your details in and so on. And that comes to me in the email and I get straight back to you. And your... um, so my website is www.doreenrichiecoaching.com. And that's Richie, R-I-T-C-H-I-E. R-I-T-C-H-I-E, yes. Uh, coaching.com, okay. Uh-huh. And you, or, of course, I'm on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, okay. as, yeah. And I'm on Facebook a um, couple of times in my coaching thing and also just Doreen Richie. Yeah. So there's lots of um, there's lots of ways there that you can get in touch. Fantastic. Um, look, that kind of does it for the main part of the, um, of the uh, podcast uh, episode today. I guess uh, it just remains for me to um, uh, thank you for coming on. It's been my absolute pleasure sharing some of your, um, thank your you for having me. And, and wisdom. Um, and yeah, um, I'm sure that um, there'll be some great nuggets for anyone. Listening. Well, can I just say, if anybody does actually get in touch with me because they've seen this, I'll give them a discount. So there Fantastic. You <laughs> okay. Well, um, that's, that's a very kind offer from you. Thanks, Doreen. Uh, look, okay. that uh, just leaves it for me, Peter Crew-Brown. Signing off from episode nine of the Mind Over Matters podcast.